Welcome to New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information regarding New Hope, visit newhopecom.org. I want to see how witty you are, how sharp you are this morning, okay? You know, there might be a season in my life where I, I choose to do a little stand-up, so I'll test some material with you, all right? But this is kind of good, because I want to see how, I think you've got to be witty here. This is a, I found a few that you've got to be a little witty. I told my girlfriend she drew her eyebrows too high. She seemed surprised. <laughs> What's the difference between in-laws and outlaws? Outlaws are wanted. I bought my friend an elephant for his room. He said thanks. I said don't mention it. My wife told me I had to stop acting like a flamingo. So I had to put my foot down. This is my favorite of the group. It's a little mean, but kind of funny. See if you catch it. I have an EpiPen. My friend gave it to me when he was dying. It seemed very important to him that I have it. Oh, no. <laughs> little lame. I have an EpiPen. My friend gave it to me when he was dying. It seemed very important to him that I have it. Like, use it on me, right? What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One is really heavy and the other one is a little lighter. <laughs> My friend says to me, what rhymes with orange? I said, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you guys are sharp, good cruisy, getting your minds ready to, to receive. Perry, I've been told I'm condescending. That means I talk down to people. This last but least, it's my little favorite here. I want to die peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather did, not screaming in terror like the passengers in his car. <laughs> That's good, right? Grandpa. What happened, Grandpa? Oh, so many good things going on, so many good things happening. It's just good to be together. It's good to uh, be able to share. Um, I, wanna, I just want to pray real quick. Um, there's just a lot, of, there's a fullness of things. We're, we're, we're receiving a lot in these days. God's revealing a lot in these days. And I shared this with Steve, but we've had some pretty, pretty powerful uh, speakers come to New Hope this year. And, when, and what they carry and what they bring and what they release into our church family, into the atmosphere, really what they release into the region, into the city, it takes time to chew on it. You know, it isn't just like Harold comes on a Sunday and then we just move forward, right? Harold, for those of you who don't know, how many here do not know who Harold Eberly is and he was here a few Sundays ago? So there's a few of you. I'll get to that in a minute, but we've had... Speakers, we've had apostles and prophets. We believe in Ephesians 4.11, we believe there, there are men and women of God who carry a mantle of grace and anointing. If that's unfamiliar language to you, we're going to grow in that. But I know Steve introduced Harold as an apostle into the region, into the world. 
And, uh, you know, it's funny because we could say, well, he's a very seasoned, mature leader. He's a father in the faith. He's an anointed man of God. He carries a great amount of authority and influence, and yet he is an apostle. And apostles push the church forward. They move the church forward. They do a lot of things. It's one of the things Harold said to us. When he's in the States, he loves pushing the church forward. So we're just going to unpack a little bit. I know we could talk about these things. We could chew on these things. But I feel like I've got a few things to share that will benefit all of us, and it'll kind of keep us moving in the same direction. Amen? So let's pray into that real quick. Uh, Holy Spirit, you are alive. You, you reveal, you lift, you lift veils, you open eyes for us to see you. You are speaking and you are moving in the earth. And Lord, we are part of what you're doing in this beautiful body of Christ, the church as a, as a, a beautiful uh, the body, the family, the army of God that's moving church forward. You're, you're, you're revealing your heart to us. You're, we're advancing the kingdom with you. We're co-laboring with you to see the purposes of God, the things that are in your heart come to pass. And we're going deeper, we're going deeper, we're going farther. And Lord, even today, I pray we take it step farther and you begin to unify us and you begin to speak to us corporately as a church family. And we just believe that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, there's so much. I just want to throw a few little nuggets out there. What we believe about God will, drastic, will drastically affect the way we live our lives. So remember that. What we believe about God will drastically affect our lives. It'll affect how we live each and every day. It'll affect how we think how we view the future, how we interact with one another, how, how we live life. And if we truly believe that God is good, it's going to flow into every area of our life. So we need to not just talk about it, we need to believe it, and we need to cultivate it and demonstrate it with each other. How we live our lives will flow from the revelation that we get from God. So we talked about these things. Steve talked about from the inside out. I believe that revelation, when we get revelation of God, it goes inside. And then he's working in us, and then it begins to manifest on the outside. So revelation will bring transformation. It'll just literally change us. It'll, it'll work in us, and it, it produces things in us for our benefit. And we're all growing. We're all on a journey. We're all learning. But how we live our lives will flow out of how, what God is revealing to us. Right. And what's really important is that God is revealing some things in this day, in this hour. I know we use that. But I just want to just do a few little things. Uh, Hebrews 1, verse 3, because these are some foundational rocks, cornerstones that we want to build on. But Hebrews 1, 3 says that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the Father. Amen. And I'd be, I, you know, it's fun digging into things, but if we were making something, if we were engraving something, if we had like a, pro, you know, I'm thinking like a mint or them guys, when, it, when I tell you it's, it's, there's not one flaw, 
When we try to reproduce something, we could, you can take it under a microscope, you can examine it with the best technology in the world. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the exact perfect representation of the Father. Hebrews 1.3, really important. John 14.9, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Pretty profound, right? He's talking, he's talk, if you've seen me, don't you know me? I've been among you. Show us the Father. Well, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. And these are things that, that are just going to be bedrocked in us. If you've seen Jesus, if you've encountered Jesus, you've encountered the Father. And how we believe in the revelation we have of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we believe in the Trinity, we believe that God is God and he's manifest in three persons. And they're one. And how we relate and how we believe and how we feel and what we think it drastically affects the way we live our life. Drastically. Facebook's kind of a crazy tool, as you know. I'm just kind of get, still getting into it a little bit. But this week I had my heartbreak. I'm not going to mention any names, but Shar's message really stirred me. Shar's message was excellent last week. It was excellent. It was so good. And I have, what I'm working through personally is I understand about the unity and what she, what she did and but so, so we're trying to move forward and we're trying to have unity and healing and respect one another. And then I read something from somebody that I know in a different stream, in a different city, in a different church, and they're promoting what they said was what God is revealing to the earth now is that he is a judge and he's bringing judgment upon the earth. That is an exact quote of something that was said on Facebook. That God right now, 2017, in this time, in this age, in this movement of God, what he is releasing on the earth is that he is a judge and he's releasing judgment on the earth. And I got sick in my stomach because that's not true. That is not true. So now I'm thinking, well, how, I don't know about you guys, but then I'm like, well, how can I partner and link arms with somebody who believes that? And I, this is my personal challenge. So I understand that we're going to have a lot of different folks. We are part of something much bigger than ourselves. We're not elitist. So I have to, if I knew that person at an intimate level we were interacting, I know that by the Spirit of God, I would have to find common ground. Because how many of you know you can argue all you want on Facebook and nothing ever changes? Whether it's a theology question or it's a political question. You are, I don't think many people are getting moved. I think you're all standing on a little box, firmly placed, ranting their rant, proclaiming their thing. But it did, it did rock me in the sense of, Lord, how do I navigate through that? Because here at New Hope, God has been speaking to us corporately. When apostles come into the church... And when they carry something and they release it, it, it prophets and apostles, there, there's going to be something that we're going to have to steward. We're going to have to unfold it. We're going to have to take it and embrace it. We're going to have to live it. But it's moving the church forward. 
It's looking at something and saying, is this true? Is this the revelation that God is releasing into the earth? And we need to step into it. So here's a few things God's releasing over the last several years, but even specifically this year, 2017. We, we have to think bigger. It's not Steve and Joy have to think bigger. It's not an individual. You realize that God is shifting us from individual to even a, a solid, healthy leadership team to a community. We are a people. Harold was just here two weeks ago or so, and he said, God wants a people. A people now, what is, I was going to look it up, but what is it, like, a, you know, David, or is it one slews, how many? Is it one? Slews, what is that, Dave? Stephen's laughing, I'm saying it wrong. With the sword, what's that old? Slay. Slay. One slays a thousand, two, ten thousand. That's multiplication, that's pretty good. One, one thousand, two, ten thousand. How about a group of, a group of 10 to a group of 150? How about 200? So God is speaking to us corporately. This is a kairos word for us now. It's not about a few individuals. It's not about a leadership team. God is from his heart. He said to us, I'm going to read it, but he said, I have always desired a people. A people. So now, Step back, Google Earth, come, come up high with me. Right, come up high, a little boom. We see Lake Ontario, we see Rochester. Now we're seeing the Finger Lake region. We're seeing all of Monroe County and a few counties, boom. So now there's this pulsating dot. And he is saying this, we, are, we responded to Harold's word and said yes to this. The the word of the Lord came, and he gave us a choice. And he said, will you be a people? I've desired a people. And we all said yes, all in. Husbands and wives, we're in. And we're a people. So now we got this heartbeat. I don't know what else is going on. I really don't. I mean, I'm kind of limited to my experience here at New Hope. I don't want to be the only one. But if we're the only one, then we're responding to say, what is it then that we are declaring? What is it then that we are fighting for? What is it then that we will properly represent God in the earth? What is it that we will be a people of? We're a people. What are we a people of? Are we a people that are banner? Like we're, we are championing the cause that God is an angry judge and that he is pouring down his judgment in the world, let alone America, gets hit a lot. We are not, we are not gathering around that message. But here's what's neat about it. The apostle and the prophet have spoken to us, and what they said there is major revelation that God is now releasing into the earth. There is major revelation that God is now releasing into the earth. And he, he, uh, the, the, Harold said, he goes into a church, and Harold Eberly is an apostle, father. He is a, an anointed church leader, for those of you who don't know him. He has a ministry, he's 62 years old. 
He is probably one of the favorite guys I've ever been around in the body of Christ my whole Christian experience. He is a dynamic person that God is using in the earth to release the kingdom, to release a victorious view of the kingdom, to move the church forward. He was here two weeks ago. Please listen to his message that he released here. How many were blown away by that message? So in preparation, I'm having, you don't just have an encounter one time for 20 minutes on in a, in a, in a Sunday. How many, if you were here, he dimmed the lights and went black and he lit the lights. And what did he say? He prayed over us that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. And he's very intense. May the eyes of our heart be enlightened that we're going to see, we're going to know. And he took water. I feel it was like a baptism. The lights were dark. We were getting rebaptized, but there was an anointing here. There was something being released. Our hearts were being ignited. We, it wasn't just like, wow, that was a good message. There was a residue, an after effect. Because now we're walking with, now we're having an encounter with the Lord, and now it's all I'm thinking about is that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened, that I'm freshly anointed, that I would know who God is, I would see him clearly, that I would know who I am in Christ. I li- you, what the Lord wants to do is he wants, but it's not just the pastor. It's not just the leadership team. It's I'm desiring that a body, I'm desiring that a people would walk in this awareness and anointing and grace because I desire, go back to Google Earth, we are going to impact the whole region because we're a people. So check this out. This is what he said. This is what, quote, was released over us. God's heart is for a people, not only individuals, but a people who are one. The heart of God has always wanted a people. And now today, it's not, it's good to have a leadership team. It's good as an individual. But now a people are being fitly formed together. And he said, you must be a people who have a vision and a purpose to accomplish apostolic things that reach far beyond what you have ever imagined in your life. Okay, so this is why we got to slow down. A group of people, New Hope Community Church, some of you are new, you've been here a few weeks, some of us have been here 30 35 years. And we're seeing God is releasing something to us and he's saying, I have a purpose for this place. I have a purpose. He's always wanted a people that would be fitted, formed together, framed together. We must be a people who have a vision and a purpose to accomplish apostolic things that reach far beyond what you have ever imagined in your lives. I did not say that. I am quoting Harold, quote, perfect quote. Had to read it 10 times just to make sure I got it right. We have to think bigger. We get to bring him to the earth. 
we get to reveal and bring God to the earth. In order to bring him into the earth, we must know him. Now this is my part. In order to bring him into the earth, we must know him. We must know what he's like. We must know how he thinks about us. We must know him. And God had, there are different settings and different gatherings and there are different times through the whole weekend that we experienced Harold in our midst and what he was releasing to us as a team. And he didn't release this on a Sunday, but I can tell you he released it. I would never make something up. But this is very important to this big picture. So are we tracking good together? It's not about me. It's not about uh, an individual. It's not about a leadership team. It's about us. It's about us as a people responding to what God is saying to us and then we get to step into what he's saying to us. He actually put a timeline in there. He said in two years from when he was here, the preparation is happening now for what, what we're going to step into in two years. How many of you know, it reminded me of Steve's message, what is happening on the inside has to be worked out. There's a process. And then it's manifested. But what, what we're doing, what we're going after, I believe is these three things is part of it. So Harold released to us on a Saturday morning, he released three things that are vital to be this heartbeat of God in the region. And I would dare say it's the essential message we might be carrying for years or cultivating among us. The first one he said was that God's good. God's goodness. There are three things. God is good. God is victorious. And God is Father. That God is good. His goodness is being revealed. These were the major revelations that were happening all over the earth. That God is good. It's all about his goodness that God is victorious, that he's winning, and that God is the Father. And I'll just share my own story for a minute. I love living there. Oh, about a year ago, when Steve and Joy were ordained and set in as the senior leaders of the house, Harold came on a Saturday night, and he did this thing called the Gospel in Chairs. It's on, the, it's on our website. I would have gone into that meeting thinking, yeah, I am good. I am good. I don't know what, we have a little meter on us? <laughs> One to 10. Sun, sonship, oh yeah, right? Sonship, know the love of God the Father, oh yeah. Know who I am in Christ, come on, it's up there. I mean, I'm pushing nine, nine and a half, 10, right, Jake? Yeah, I, I'm definitely not below five, I am living it. I've been hearing it. We've been ministering to it. We're going to conferences about it. We are saturating ourselves in the goodness of God. We are learning and growing. Harold comes on a Saturday night. I feel like I'm good. I'll receive a nugget or two. I said it wrong, right, one? 
I can't say nugget. I try. I, so I, here's what I do when I can't say a word. I receive something of great value the size of a silver dollar, gold. gold. I receive something powerful through his message. Right? And Mark's laughing. Mark's had to deal with all my little Ralphisms. So we come on this Saturday night. I think I'm good. And I am on the floor. Because because I grew up in a home where the father wasn't properly lived out to me as a kid. And there's still stuff in there. And I still think he's kind of distant at times. And sometimes he's angry. And sometimes he's a judge. And then sometimes, my story, you grow up in a Roman Catholic home, you know, you got to work through Catholicism. You got to work it through. I don't know what your story is. Because there's something about this performance. You think you got, you think you got over the hurdle. And then how you interact with him and how he feels about you. And Bill Vanderbush has this great quote that I, Bill's the first guy I ever heard say it, so I'm stealing it from Bill. The Holy Spirit is always saying he's better than you think he is. He's better than you think. I thought he was really good. I got blown away by a teaching because what was revealed to me, I'm being, there's revelation coming that's going inside, that's coming from the inside out. And you're going, he's so much better than we think he is. You ever feel, even when you're having like a really good week and you screw up just tiny, tiny, that you experience like this major setback, how does he feel about me? Is he disappointed in me? It's not an excuse for sinning. But the reality is he's a father, and he's good, and there's victory in him. So we, I don't know about you, but I have not personally arrived to this revelation. And what I think is so significant, it's not in a church of our size, it's not one or two individuals having this that's going to transform a region. It's not a leadership team that carries this and embraces this and tries to live this out. It's not even a leadership team. But when God says, it's been my desire to have a people, I desire to have a people who know who I am and who will represent me and radiate me and reflect me and behold me and become me and shine me and it's just like, oh my goodness, this is the heart of God, that we would properly represent the heart of the Father. So God is good. And Harold said, we all laughed. There was a group of leaders because he said, I can walk into a church, Harold said this, and I can, I, these are the three he's looking for. If, you know, I just think of like a, a, a machine that, you know, indicator machine, something like, you know, what I'm, I'm looking for, what's that thing called? Yeah. You know, he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a detector in him. He's got it, and he's, when he goes, when he, I mean, here's, he's pushing the church forward. He goes into a church, his little detector is going. God is good. Is God good here in this house? But, uh, oh, they, they believe it. It's, oh, it's on their website. It's on their website. Oh, yeah, God is good on their website. No, he'll go, I don't care what the website says. Indicator. Oh, wow. The manifest presence of God here. These people actually believe because if they believe it, it's flowing, it's affecting their life every day. 
If you believe God is good, it will affect your life every day. And he's got this indicator. He says, well, it's good. It's, it's, it's here. And it's good. It's good. But, but there's room for growth. Because I don't just want like 18 people. I want a people who are going to champion this. I want a people who are getting revelation of me. I might have said this before, but I, my wife and I, we love Survivor. We're still Survivor nuts. This last year, the title of Survivor was Game Changers. It's funny because it was a buzzword, even in all of our spirits, you know, don't we all like to, we do a message, you know, there's a beautiful young man here named Jake. Jake had never heard me preach, to, preach or share the word or whatever you want to call what we're doing up here. So he goes, I've never heard you speak. I go, you are in for a treat. <laughs> you know, you know, I have this one buddy of mine, he, he, you know, remember, even Bob used to do this, remember Bob? But, you know, Phil Lepore, he said, ho, ho, ho. You're in for a treat, Jake. You're in for the anointing of God. You're in, you, this message is going to change your life. Yeah. It's going to wreck. I tell you what, a message like this will change your life. Because we're all, we're all in a process, but we got to get it inside so it manifests outside. But when we begin to understand this, that God is good, his goodness, that God is victorious, and that God is a father, game changer. Everybody say game changer. Say it like you mean it. Come on. It's a game changer. How we reflect the Father into the world in which we live. How we feel about him. How we actually get to participate and co-labor in the kingdom of God. People are with you. And there's something different about you not because you're trying so hard to be a good Christian or you're trying to beat down your flesh and your body not to sin because you're beholding him. As you behold him, you become like him. And when your life is lavished and you're, you're literally filled with the Holy Spirit, fill me, fill me, fill me, and you have a reality, we need encounters with the Lord. But the other thing we need is we need to know the word of God. Because the Bible is declaring his goodness. So God is good. He's going to spend a little time in each one of these. But here's what the Lord showed me. I was with a friend, and I might, you know, there's things that you carry in your spirit. You, you know, you don't have to try to say, I thought of it first. That's kind of silly. But I know it's been something going on me when, when I've been with people. So I'm working with this one, one brother. And the theme is uh, forgiveness and unforgiveness. So, and I said to him this, which I think is pretty cool. If I can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out of it. I can spend two hours with you. I can talk to you about the importance of forgiveness. I can tell you unforgiveness is gonna eat you up in life. I can tell you the person that hurt you is living their life, they're in Miami swimming on the beach. They could care less. You are the one in prison because of unforgiveness. But I said to him, I could persuade you. I could convince you. If I can persuade you, then somebody else can talk you out of it. If I can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out of it. So I said to him, you dig into the scripture. I want to teach you how to dig in to the scripture. And you tell me, you know, that book, Evidence Demands a Verdict. 
What does the Bible say to you about forgiveness and unforgiveness? And now we're on a journey. I'm not going to spoon feed the guy. I'm going to say, what is your conviction about this area of forgiveness? And what does the Bible have to say about it? So for all of us, as we go, as I read this, I, that was in my spirit to say, I will be a champion for his goodness, I will be a champion for his victory that we have in him, and I will be a champion personally that he is the best father that you could ever imagine. But each one of us have to have encounters with him, we have to dig into the word for him, because he wants a people who are moving as one, and part of that is when we're together, we're like, yeah, I'm good, we're good. Like, Tom knows, Steve knows, Chris knows, Bob knows, Wanda knows. Ray, like, we, like, we are working. We, we're, we're, not, we're not manipulating. Like, you believe God's good? Follow me. What do you, don't, don't believe he's not good. What are you doing? You know? No, like, like encounters with God. And then get into the word because you're going to see he's good. I'm getting ahead of myself on something. But in 37 years of loving Jesus, I buried my mom and dad premature. They were young. I am older now than my dad lived to be alive. I watched my dad die, my mom die. I've watched saints die prematurely. I've watched good friends die that were my age. I've watched their children die. Because somebody dies doesn't mean God's not good. Now just think about that for a minute. Because somehow that means we're all gonna live forever I don't know, but, here, but here, all the apostles were martyred. Stephen, Stephen, was stoned in the book of Acts. They didn't have a meeting later and said, he was stoned to death, God must not be good, let's give this thing up. And I am not being calloused about loss. I'm just saying that Romans 8 says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, and nothing can separate us from his love, nothing can separate us from his goodness, neither life nor death, neither angels or demons, powers and principalities. So yes, are we going to grieve? Are we going to experience a loss? But I'm just talking about in the root, right in the cornerstone of your heart, there's going to be things you're not going to be able to totally understand all the time, but this I know. God is good. And his goodness has been demonstrated. His goodness has been revealed to me. His goodness is beyond a shadow of a doubt. When you look up the word good, so let's read a few scripture. Psalm 145, 9, the Lord is good to all. Oh, he's only good to Christians. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. The Lord is good. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. The Psalms are declaring it all the time. Psalm 119, 68. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. 
His faithfulness continues through all generations. I'm just going to read a few more. Nahum 1, verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He is a very present, I'm, 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 I'm going off the page now. He is a very present help in time of trouble. When we experience death or we experience loss, we almost get overwhelmed with his goodness because I don't know what I've done without him. He is a strong tower. I can run into him and be safe. When the storm comes, I don't get, it doesn't ruin my life. God, you have always been good. Your goodness overwhelms me. Whatever I go through in this life, I taste and I see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who puts his trust in him. I can trust in your goodness. Nahum 1, 7, the Lord is good. A strong hold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who take refuge in him. You're going to go through stuff. You're going to experience loss. You're going to experience things. But the Lord is good, and you can run into him, and you can be sheltered. I think it's crazy that we, don't, we think we're not going to have to persevere through pressure and hardship and trials. The goodness of God is his very nature. It's the true nature of God that he's good. His goodness and his kindness doesn't change because of circumstances that we face, storms that we face, trials, hardships, pressures, or death. I could tell you that Wanda and I have stood many a day over 39, almost 39 years of marriage and raising five kids, and there have been trials and there have been pressure. In the midst of it, what we anchored ourselves in was that, God, you are good. And your goodness is real. When all, every scripture that I just quoted, if you dig into it, it's a fun little thing to do, but the Lord is good. The Lord is the best. The Lord is beautiful. The Lord is gracious and joyful. You know the Lord is joyful? He's kind, he's loving. I like this one. When you dig, dig into that word, it's kind of cool because I know we talk about this, but in that word, it's fully feminine and fully masculine. It's kind of cool because because I find myself sometimes in the middle, in a way of emotions. Because when I'm with the Lord and he kisses my face and I'm like, Lord, you're so sweet. You're so kind, you're so beautiful, you're so loving. Like that, I can be totally masculine and be like, you melt me like my lover. You melt me like I'm a child in your arms. You, you kiss me and I experience your goodness and he is so kind and so gracious. The goodness of God is real. Father, I pray for each one of us that these are these three things, for each one of us, that we are going to know the goodness of God. We are going to be living in the goodness of God. When we live in the goodness of God, it's literally every day we're talking about his goodness. 
It's flowing from us. It's flowing. We're in this river of goodness because he's good. God is victorious. This is a theme I love. This is one of my themes. You know, I was an old biker. I don't know if you guys knew this, but there was a day I was a pretty bad dude. You know, like, no, seriously, like, going back, I mean, I got some fun pictures, but I was like, I am a biker. Little, I got one tattoo at the time. That's all I ever had. But, like, bikers are kind of like, you know, don't mess with me. I'm a biker. I'm going to protect my lady, got my bike. I'm tough. I'm, I'm strong. And I remember, like, early on, I remember once, I remember being, like, a young Christian and being a biker. We're cruising. And I'm like, man, if some gang came up to me and my wife, I'd be like, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know, can't you picture, like, 150 bikers, and they're all bad, kind of like a Carmen video. You know, I'd be like, in the power and the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, don't be messing with me and my lady, because you have no idea who's backing me up. I'd be like, that power, that authority, that victory, you know? It'd be like, you're going down, guys. Don't even bother. And I'd be like, I see myself, you know, staring into the, to the, the wind and be like, oh, you don't mess with me. You know, I've been bought. I've been, I, like, I'm the power of the gospel's living in me. I got resurrection power. I love victory. Who doesn't love victory? I love sports shows. You want any celebration of a championship, look at the victors, look at the people who lost on their face crying. The victors are celebrating, champagne's popping, they're going crazy over a trophy. God is victorious. He won, and he's winning. Now think about this. Not an individual, not a leadership team. All of us are completely persuaded, completely confident in the reality that he has won. It's a message that's beaming from us wherever we go. And we realize that we have victory. He's won. He's victorious. The kingdom is advancing. We're co-laboring. Like, we are not getting our butts beat. We're winning. What you believe about God will transform the way you live your life. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that a powerful scripture? I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of sin. I've overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of his testimony. I am winning. God's everlasting love, Romans 8.31. I could read the whole thing, but I'm just going to do a few little parts of it. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Boom. If You have to understand God is victorious. God is for us. He's not against us. He's not an angry judge. He's not looking to slap your hand. He's for you. He, is, he wants you winning. He wants you overcoming. He is literally your partaker of his divine nature. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
pertaining to victory and overcoming. He does not want you staying the same. You don't know my father. You don't know my life. You don't know this. You don't know that. He knows it all. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Paul experienced a lot. For as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul says in 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, depth or any creative thing shall separate us shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is amazing. Not only his goodness, but his victory. Now, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God. This is one of my favorites. I'm always telling people, but thanks be to God. You don't know my story, but thanks be to God. This happened to me when I was this, but thanks be to God. My business failed, but thanks be to God. I went through a horrible divorce, but thanks be to God. I lost somebody really close. It's affected my, but thanks be to God. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. This was a powerful one. This gets bounced around a little bit by somebody I know. <laughs> is it possible to live a sinless life? The answer is yes. Believe it or not, it's yes. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but you're under grace. And guess what the grace of God does now? The grace of God now empowers me to live to my full potential in God. Them old days of, how you doing, bro? Still struggling? I know. We never arrive. How you doing? Yeah, working that through. Sinful nature. You got to carry that dead man around you for the next 25 years. Hopefully you have a little bit of victory. Hopefully you'll make it. How about, no, actually, I'm a new creation in Christ. I completely victorious. I get, to I get to partake of his divine nature. The very power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Sin doesn't have dominion over me. I am now blood-bought. I'm sanctified. I'm holy. I'm righteous. There are days and days and days where I live and I am not sinning. I'm, I'm abiding, I'm, commun I'm having communion. Then every now and then somebody pulls in front of me on my motorcycle. <laughs> that, old, that old habit steps up, the hand kind of goes like this, bring it back in. You know? That old biker dude, he's dead. Sometimes he, his behavior wants to pop in there. But I am in complete victory. There's a complete victory. People are going to think we're insane. No, we have a new nature, a new heart. We're new creations 
He's abiding in us. His grace now empowers us. I'm not living every day fighting this demon person that used to be Ralph. He was crucified with Christ, dead and buried, and he, when Christ rose again from the dead, he, I, I, he's gone. He's a good father. These three things are going to be pivotal. These three things that the apostle and the prophet even talked about when they were here this year, now we as a people will champion these three things, the goodness of God, the victory of God, that God is a victorious God and that you're a victorious person, and he's a good, good father. This one here I think is one of the hardest ones because no matter what, where you are, no matter what you've done, we got stuff to overcome on this one. Because honestly, when a year ago I thought it was really good and I went down because I was like, so here's the takeaway I got from that. Oh my goodness, I'm in a process. God is revealing to me how good he really is, what a good father he really is, how he truly, we sang that song, extravagant. His extravagant affection that's transforming me from the inside out personally is like, oh my goodness. So I saw a picture of a tiny little teacup. You know the kids, your kids got the little teacups? So he's, I'm with him, and we're at the ocean, and he said, take a little drink. I took a little drink. He said, now look at the ocean. That's the vastness of my goodness for you. The vastness of his goodness is like the ocean. I'm just taking a little teacup. And I said, Lord, I'll... So that's what I had a personal, personal revelation for me, is that's, what, that's why we will not get bored in eternity. Because you realize it's going to be forever. He's like, forever. We're going to be in awe of his goodness and what he's done and his greatness and his awesomeness, his majesty. But in this area, Father, I do want to just pray. I write myself a little notes here. Father, I pray that you would take each and every one of us deeper. Revelation would come through encounters with you, through the word of God being preached, and through the word of God as people meditate on your word. We would have experiences with you, Holy Spirit, that continue to reveal and take us deeper. I believe every encounter will take you deeper into the heart of God. And that, God, you would reveal to us that you're a good father. Take us places we never imagined we could go. Let us experience things we never thought we'd experience. Healing, understanding of what a good father you are. We know Matthew 6, obviously, is the Lord's prayer. He's a good father. Jesus said, our father who art in heaven. I know what, I, what I'm doing now when we're praying for Tim and we're standing with Dick and Chris. I stand up and I say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Come kingdom, come will of God be done. Change, manifest yourself, break through in this situation. You're a good father. Our father who art in heaven. James 1.16, he says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift and every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights. I took that to mean for me that don't be deceived. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. You're putting this ugly thing on God as if he brought that thing to you. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift from above comes down from the Father of lights, 
with whom there is no variation or shadow or turning. He is not the one. Don't look to him and say, he brought this calamity on me. He's a good father. Galatians 3. Galatians 3. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. We're all sons of God. For as many of you, as you were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is therefore no Jew or Gentile. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male or female. For you are one in Christ. We get to be the promise. We get to be co-heirs. We are the heirs of the promise of Abraham. So as I land this thing here, I just want to do a little tiny review that when an apostle comes into our church, they carry great authority to shift and to make things and put things in motion. And what Harold released to us is that and we all, if you were there that day, you said yes. And what I'm reminding you of is that we are going to be a people. We are going to be a people who declare his goodness, who declare his victory, and declare that he's a good father. We, as a people, will declare the goodness of God. I want to close by us repeating this. This is something that we did and I just want to release it over us. If you agree with this, we as a people, say it out loud with me. We as people will declare, will declare the, goodness of God. the goodness of God. We as a people, we as a people will, declare will declare that God is victorious, that, God is victorious. that he is winning in the earth. We as a people will declare that God is a good father. Lord, I pray that you would take us deeper into this. We as a people will trumpet. We will champion this. We will radiate this. We will demonstrate it in the earth. The goodness of God, the victory in God the Father heart of God. Thank you for joining us 